Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. And I want to encourage you guys today that God is going to do something great and awesome in your life today. Amen. He's going to get you prepared. He's going to get you ready. Praise God. I'm in a can, guys. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So get, get ready. Open your heart to what God is going to do today because he's going to light some things up in your life. And you're going to never be the same in Jesus' name because we need light. We need truth. We need Jesus. Hallelujah. And so as I was praying about this, has anybody ever heard the song, uh, God of Revival by Bethel? And there's a line in the song that says, you can light it up, you can light it up, the God of revival. And as I was honestly just studying, spending time with Jesus, I knew I was going to preach this morning, but it was just a random time with the Lord, and he began to ring this in my spirit. You can light it up, you can light it up. And I knew he was talking about himself, but I knew he was pointing me in a direction for, for you guys here this morning. And I want to encourage you guys before I continue, please uh, take notes. If you don't have a pen and paper, Pull your phone out, pull your iPad out, pull something out and take notes because this is going to help you not just for this morning, but it's going to carry over for this week and, and beyond. Not because of who I am, but because it's the word of God. Amen? Amen. So let's click it over. So what the first thing the Lord began to show me about lighting it up is that it all began with light. You know, we're going to be talking about the light of God and how it's going to impact your life and things that God is going to use you to do and also some other things that he, he's going to reveal to you today that's happening. And the one thing that he showed me was Genesis 1-3. The very first thing he ever spoke out of his mouth when he created creation was, let there be light. And there was light. Isn't that powerful? When you sit there and just think and meditate on creation and how God created the heavens and the earth. And in verse 2, it says that the earth was with, without form and darkness covered and hovered over, or the Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness of the earth. So the Holy Spirit was waiting for that command to, for there to be light. It's powerful when you think of that. Uh, because, you know, it, if it all started with light, we need to understand a little bit of what, about what God is doing. Amen? Hallelujah. So th this is our foundation scriptures here. John 1, 1 through 10. Now, I use the Amplified version because I like it a little loud, amen? That, you guys missed it. I like it a little loud because I'm an evangelist and uh, I'm going to talk about Jesus today. Can I talk about Jesus today? Is that okay in the house? Does anybody love Jesus? Anybody thankful for Jesus? Come on. You know, Jesus wasn't always just quiet holding a lamb under his arm and saying, verily, verily, verily. No, Jesus was, Jesus was loud at times. He was quiet at times. He was, he was in your face at times, and he was, he was set back at times. Jesus has an amazing personality. Jesus is the light of God, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's read this together. The Bible says, John 1, 1 through 10, it says, In the beginning, before all time was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Before I get to five, isn't that amazing how John, John is a disciple 
uh, of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is after the cross, the resurrection, and how he puts together by revelation of the Holy Spirit, how in the beginning was, was light, and God said, let there be light. And he recognized that Jesus Christ was right there at the beginning of time. Isn't that amazing? I think it is. Verse 5, and the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. I capitalize never for a reason, and I'm going to teach today. Is that okay if I teach? You know, I said it in the first service. I'll say it again. You know, some people get up and they're like, I'm going to prophesy. Can I prophesy? Well, today I'm going to teach a side. Can I teach a side today? Can I teach a side? Say it with me. Teach a side. Come on. It sounds pretty cool, huh? <laughs> so he's, darkness has never overpowered it. I capitalize it because darkness never overpowers light. Light always overpowers darkness. And that's where the mindset I want you to go into this message with is we're not coming. This message is not going to be a message of defeat. It's not going to be a message of, of, of not making it. It's going to be a message of victory and you going forward. And because we are children of the light and, uh, and God is going to he's going to reveal some things to you. I'm not saying we're, we're going to hit some things. We're going to we're going to get into the heart of the matter of some certain things. We're going to expose some things. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I am just so excited because I know that this is a message for you guys because it's going to be a message of victory. So it has never overpowered it, it's uh, put it out or absorbed it, appropriated it, and is never unreceptive, or it is unreceptive to it. So it doesn't, it's unreceptive to, 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 darkness is unreceptive to the light. Light always prevails, always. Well, verse 6, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist, not John the disciple. This man came to, the, to witness that he might testify of the light that all men might believe in and hereto trust in and rely upon through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. Notice how it's capitalized. He's talking about who? Jesus. That's right. He's talking about Jesus, the light of the world. Verse 9. There it was. The true light was then coming into the world, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light that illuminates every person. He came into the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. It did not know him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word that's gone forth. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may this, heart pen may this word penetrate their hearts, Father, and their eyes be able to receive all that heaven has for them. And everybody said, amen. So first off, 1 John 1 through 5, God is light. We must understand that God is light himself. Well, what does that mean, preacher? God is light. It means that all that God is, is light. There is no darkness in God. That means it's holy, righteous, just, perfect. When you read through the Bible, God is light, right? Let's see what Webster's uh, dic definition is. You know, does anybody remember the Webster Dictionary? Like flipping through it when you're younger, right? Nowadays, if it's still on your shelf, it's probably got 10 inches of dust on it because you never picked it up because we have Google now. So it's not, you know what I mean? But still, I thought it was... I thought that was good. But anyway, so let's read the definition. That agent, force, or action in nature by the operation of which upon the organs of sight. <laughs> this, this is why we don't flip it open a lot of times. Objects are rendered visible or luminous. In other words, I, I know that's big, and I, I read it just because I took it from the, the Webster di uh, Dictionary. But I want you to focus on that force. It's a force. When the light comes, it's a force that will force out darkness amen so take so we're going to go into understanding god's light in a world of darkness because we're living in a world full of darkness full of sin full of lawlessness it's not like 
rocket science. We know what's going on. And I can't be a preacher that gets up here and just says, you know what, I know things are happening in the world, but let me just talk about Winnie the Pooh, and we'll just get a little nice little tickle, and then we can leave. No, I can't do that. Within my conviction of the Holy Spirit, I must get up here and give you guys what God is saying and warn you and also expose some things and show you some things that are happening to help equip you because that's my job as a five-fold minister to equip the saints for ministry, and that's my job. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. So we're going to do three effects of light. The first one, if you're taking notes, is it expels the darkness. Expels the darkness. Give you a second to think on that. It expels it, is what light does. God's light, understanding God's light in the world of darkness. The definition of expel is to force out or eject something. It forces out, it ejects it out. I want you to sit here real quick and think about when you were born again, when you were saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ as the very first time, when he began, became so real to you. Just close your eyes and think about it just for five seconds, ten seconds. Put yourself back in that place if you can. And the reason being is because in that place, it was like, wow, you realize that he was the answer. You realize that something changed. Something happened on the inside of you, right? And let's get into John 3, verse 3, to give us a little better understanding of this, of what happened when you were born again or prior to being born again. Jesus answered him. He's, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again and new from above, he cannot ever see know, be acquainted with, or experience the kingdom of God. So before you're born again, you're full of darkness. You're full, it's like the lights are off on the inside of your spirit. You're, you're, you're not born again, you're not recreated, you're not a new creation, you're just in utter darkness. But when Jesus Christ comes and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it's like this light floods your innermost being and you can begin to see the kingdom of God. What happened is, is the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you and he expelled that darkness. He forced it out. He ejected it out of you. And then all of a sudden, you begin to see the kingdom of God. You begin to see how to live. You begin to see how to be holy. You begin to see how to have a relationship with God and not religion, not just tradition, not just following rules, but you're in love with Jesus Christ that you begin to make changes according to that light that came on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? So this light comes in you, and literally it's a transference from the darkness into light. You're literally transferred from the dark kingdom into the light. And this is foundational We're understanding God's light in this world of darkness. So you at one time were part of the world. You were part of the darkness. You were part of the corruption. But now you're into, entered into this new kingdom, which is called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. Amen? And before I get any further, you know, we have to remove all mindsets of dark versus light. This is not like Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker, guys. The kingdom of darkness is literally no comparison to the kingdom of God. Zero. There is no battle. There is no arm wrestle with the devil. It is just Jesus Christ wins. He triumphs every single time. He's undefeated. Undefeated. In the first uh, service, we sung champion. And I understand for time's sakes, we didn't. But we, were, we came right out of that, and it's because it, there's a, it says that he's undefeated. God is undefeated, guys. So this is, we got to reshape and transform the way we see things, not from the, this world full of darkness, but this God full of light bringing his kingdom down into the darkness. Amen? We got to start thinking from heaven towards earth instead of earth towards heaven. All right. So you were caught out of this light. Look, continuing on with the transference from darkness to light, 
1 Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may, may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Transference from one kingdom to the next. And if you're, if you're not yet in the kingdom of light, we'll give you opportunity when this ends. Amen. Because it's open to those who, who want it. So let's look at Jesus. You know, I said I'm going to talk about Jesus. Is that okay? You know, I know we're Christians. We're in church. You know, let's talk about Jesus, right? Is that cool? And why are you guys looking at me like that, with that Bethlehem look on your face? Like, we're going to talk about Jesus in church. Amen. Come on, let's do it. All right, so what did Jesus at the time? Jesus came in. Everywhere Jesus went, the Bible says that, God, uh, that he went about destroying the works of the devil, Acts 10, uh, 38. He went about destroying the works of the devil because he was anointed and God was with him. So everywhere he went, he expelled darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus, when he hit the scene, he hit the scene, and then he started shaking everything up. Everything. And that's why they couldn't control Jesus. They couldn't understand him because they were in darkness and, uh, but he was shedding light everywhere. And then look at the, I want you to see this. I put this in here because I want you to see at the time Jesus was alive on the earth, kind of similar to where we're at here today in this world, Jesus came into a time when it was major darkness. He was in, involved in the Roman Empire. Now at this time, the Roman Empire was the most biggest expanded empire that at one point they said the sun never set on the Roman Empire because they had so much land and it covered many different time zones that the sun never set on the Roman Empire. So they covered a mass amount of ground. So Jesus enters the scene and he's, he's a Jew in, in, in Israel living under this Roman control where they had nothing, they had brutal punishments. You know, today in America we just get arrested. There, they'll put you on a cross, they'll burn you at the stake, they'll even put you on a cross upside down, like Peter. Brutal punishments. And they were in control. If they, if they, they said do it, it's going to happen. This is the scene Jesus was in. Picture, picture Jesus in this type of atmosphere, because that's where he was. There was tyranny, tyranny, tyranny. What is tyranny? Political corruption, cor political corruption. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money corruption to the core. I mean, people were selling out other people. Even at one time, I, I was thinking on this, that a, a centurion came to him and said, you know, what must I do? And he said, stop taking bribes, stop taking, taking things behind the table to, to get people out of, the, you know, to do what they need to do. Stop doing that. Live integrity. So there, that shows me that if there's corruption at that level, how much higher? We're seeing that today. We're seeing it today. Taxes, they were taxing for everything, man. Taxing on every single thing. Sounds familiar, right? Tax this, tax that, tax this. Here comes Jesus. They even got on Jesus and said, why don't you pay in your taxes? And he looked at Peter and he said, do we really have to? And Peter's like, well, technically not. You're the son of God. Why do we? And he's like, just so we don't offend anybody, go catch a fish, pull the coin out, and pay your taxes. So I'm not saying don't pay your taxes, but what I'm saying is, is Jesus was in a place, in a time when he walked the earth where taxes were through the roof. And he even had to pay him. So Jesus understands where you're at. Maybe you need to pay your taxes. Maybe that's for somebody. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't hit that the first service that hard. But. So, okay, also, there was major control during the time when Jesus walked the earth. They wanted to control what people did, how they did it, and when they did it. Not only politics, but religion and tradition. 
Because what did Jesus do? Jesus stepped in the scene and he kept battling head on with the religious and traditional people of his day. And they kept trying to get on him and say, you need to do it this way. Or why are you doing it that way? And why are you doing it this way? And then he's actually the one who's the light of the world. And he's, ex- he's really, he's trying to expel, move out this darkness, this stuff that they're living in religion instead of relationship. And he's bringing a, this new thing on the scene and it's, it's causing total disruption with the people but he's there to expel he's there to get the darkness out he's doing the best he can with what he has and he's being our example amen Amen. hallelujah so okay so real quick before I put it up there so here I am going to this testimony of mine we're called to expel the darkness so this first point is more about you recognizing your authority recognizing your identity recognizing the light that lives on the inside of you that you carry an answer to those around you so I don't believe that there's a lot of people in this place that don't understand that there's darkness around us and we're trying to push it out every single day I believe that this room is full of people who understand that but what do we do with that authority what do we do with that identity what do we do with the power the resurrection power that lives on the inside of us we're called to go out and expel this darkness around us and so here is a, uh, this is a bar that uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Now, I was in Bible school. I believe it was my second year of Bible school. And um, we just finished up a bachelor party with my brother at a, at a restaurant just down a couple blocks. We parked in like a garage, parking garage, because when you're in the city, you've got to park in certain spots. And um, we, we were there for about three hours at the restaurant, and now it's late, and we're walking past this bar. And as we're walking, we're, we're looking at each other. We're Bible school students. We're all about winning souls. But you know what? I'm, I'm a boy from Indiana, from the middle of nowhere. And this place, places like this, no judgment, they just kind of, they it creeped me out a little bit. Like, oh, man, you know, like this is where they did the screamo type music and ah, da, 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 you know. And I mean, if that's your, if that's your cup of tea and it's Christian, go ahead. I mean, that's good. But, but for me, from the middle of nowhere in the sticks, like this is like, wow. I don't know if I want to go over there and talk to them. Just being transparent, being totally honest with you. But something on the inside of us was compelling us and telling us, no, you hold the answer to expel darkness from that place. It looks like a dark place. It looks like a place that no Christian should go. What are you guys doing there at 11 at night, 11.30? Are you sitting in there eating with them? No, we're there expelling darkness from these people. And so we walk up and we look at each other and we're like, let's do this. So we go in like Holy Ghost Rambos. And one of the things I said... <laughs> One of the things that I said in the first service, it was funny, because as I was thinking about Light It Up, the title, one of the, the scene flashed before me about, you know, you know like, like some guy with like a machine gun saying, I'm going to light it up. You know what I mean? Like we're like Holy Ghost lighting up the devil Rambos going into this place. And so you see the arrow. I put an arrow so you guys can see me. I'm, I'm there on the far left. That's me. <laughs> if you were wondering what that arrow was. And so there... In the middle there, kind of in the blue shirt's my brother, and then there's my friend Elliot in the, in the white hat. And right in front of Elliot, behind my brother, is this guy who is there, and, uh, and he needs Jesus, obviously. These people need Jesus. And so Elliot, my friend, you can actually see it as I look at this photo. He's actually barefoot. Why is he barefoot? Because as we're walking up to these people, shaking at the knees, knowing that we need to expel darkness, God is telling him to take his shoes off and give it to that guy. That's crazy, right? So he takes his shoes off. He's battling God saying, I'm not giving him my shoes. And he ends up giving him the guy's shoes. And the guy is in total shock because the guy looks at him and says, dude, 
You don't know what this means, that you're giving me these shoes for a living. I steal these shoes. It's crazy. He's like, no one's ever given them to me. I've only stole them. And he said, well, I'm just obeying God, and I wish he didn't tell me to give them, but I did. And uh, here you go, man. You better wear these. And uh, so the guy's like, after that, it opened him up to start telling us about his life. He begins to tell us how he's, a, he's addicted to meth and heroin and all these other drugs. And he's actually standing there to make another deal so he can get more money to find the guy that he's going to get his supply. So he's there to transact with the devil, with the darkness. He's there. But after opening him up to the gospel, we begin to pray for him and say, let's pray for you, man. And obviously he's like, yeah, you just gave me $100 shoes. You can do whatever you want. And so we start praying for him, and then we begin to cast the devil out of him. How many of you guys know we need to drive devils out? So we begin to cast the devil out of this guy, and as soon as it, he comes to, he's crying, he's getting touched by God, he comes to, and he's like, I need to get out of here. I need, like, he's, his eyes were open because the darkness was expelled from his life. He accepted Jesus, and he's looking around saying, what the heck am I doing here in the place of darkness? He understood now that his eyes were open, and he's like, can you guys get me a ride out of here? We got him an Uber. We got him out of there, but we didn't just stop with just him. We went and preached to all the other ones. If I had time, I could tell you story after story about people in this picture, what God did, but I don't have time. But what is the purpose of why I'm showing you this? Not to talk myself up. It had nothing to do with me. It's to show you that you carry the answer to expel darkness around you. You have that power living on the inside of you. Amen? All right. Number two. It exposes what is hidden. The light of God exposes what is hidden. And now, precursor, this one might step on some toes. We're going to deal with some things. But guess what? God is not into exposing you to embarrass you, but exposing you to heal you. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody. That's not what we're called to do. But it exposes what is hidden. Let's see. So what is exposing? Make something visible by uncovering it. Before we continue on, I want you to picture yourself uh, walking into your house, and for parents who had young kids, this might make more sense to you than, than some of us millennials without kids yet, but you walk into your house, and your kids just got a bunch of toys out with a babysitter or whoever. You had no clue. They're in the bed now, and instead of turning the lights on to walk in, you just continue to walk in through your living room, and as you walk in, because the lights are off, you step on something. A Lego, yeah, a Lego or something, like, ouch, nothing hurts more than stepping on a Lego or pinging your pinky toe on a corner or something. Nothing hurts worse. And so, imagine that. Very simple, very practical, very easy to understand in your mind. Well, what happened was, is if you would have turned the light on, it would have exposed what was already there. So you wouldn't have walked on it. That's what God's word in his light does for us. There's things in our life that need to go. But until the light comes on, then you will not be able to deal with it. And that's why we must yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit for his light and his word to come in to make the changes. Amen? So, for everyone, have, have you heard of like the light bulb moment? Anybody? Where it's like, oh man, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I was looking for. Or, that's the answer. It came to you like, ah. So, each one of us, have, with the, when it comes to the light of God, you're either going to have the light bulb moment of, aha, this is great, or, oh, no, I need to change. Either one, it's going to happen, one or the other. And we want to always choose to make the changes. So what did Jesus do? Always looking at Jesus. I said I was going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him again. Um, he went about exposing 
the darkness, he was shedding truth and light everywhere that he went. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was exposing darkness around him. It started first and primarily with hearts. He would expose people's motives and hearts everywhere he went. Why? Because the truth was proclaimed and their hearts were exposed. That's what the truth and the light of God's word actually really does. It exposes us and then or us or another. And it's actually at that point, once it's exposed with God, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing when you recognize that something was wrong in your life because when you run to Jesus, he's there to heal you. He's not there to take away from you. He's actually there to, he already bore that, what you're holding on to, he bore that on the cross. And he wants to expose it with his word and his light so that you can give it to him to be healed. And so that's what he was doing, but we notice that with religion and tradition, he was exposing their hearts, but instead of running to be healed, they were running to hold on to what they had. They didn't want to be healed from what Jesus had to offer. They wanted to hold on to their structures and their ways and the things that they did. They were holding on to their own agendas and motives. Same with government and politics. Jesus, you know, people think that Jesus didn't deal with this stuff, type of stuff. Guys, he, he did. There was Herod at one point wanted to come and see Jesus. He even shows up with, with Pilate sitting there and he said, I've been wanting to see this man everyone's been talking about. So you don't think politics weren't involved. They were. So he was exposing that with the truth because the word of what Jesus was saying was, was permeating the entire region and culture that multitudes heard about it. Do you think if, if multitudes started gathering outside this building right now, let's say multitudes like, like 15,000, maybe 50,000 people outside this building, do you not think that maybe the mayor's going to notice what's going on? 50,000 people in my city are gathered for what? So he was dealing with that. He was exposing them. Culture was exposed. Everywhere Jesus went, he was exposing everything. I mean, he was the master exposer, not because he wanted to, he, 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 he came in such love and mercy. He wanted to heal things around him. He, the light was exposing things on the culture so that he can bring his culture to them. Because in the kingdom, culture is freedom, joy, peace, love. It's everything that you desire. And I said this in the first service, and I'll say it again, that I'm not an American first. I'm a kingdom person first. I'm not an, my American culture must bow to the culture of the kingdom every time, no matter where you're at. And I love America. You guys know that. If you've heard me preach, I love America. America shall be saved. I believe that, and that's still the same message. But my culture must bow to the kingdom. Every time, because, because Jesus didn't come for the American culture, he came for you, he came for souls, he came for his people, he came for his children. So this is what happens when the light comes, God's light comes and shines either in your life or I believe at this point right now, we are seeing the world shaken because God's light, stay with me for a second, God's light is shining upon the earth that the darkness is beginning to react. Because we, for too long as Christians, we've been thinking that darkness has been in control. But I just gave you by definition in beginning that God, that, that light drives out, forces out, ejects darkness. So what does it do? It causes this darkness to begin to manifest. When you don't want to give and heal what God has given you, it will manifest eventually. And that's what this nation and this world is doing. We got riots and lawlessness and nonsense going on because the darkness is getting ejected out. And they're saying, no, I don't want Jesus. I want myself. And they're going to cry like a three-year-old baby out in the streets. That's just a fact, guys. It's what's happening. And so we need to recognize this 
and, and I'm going to get into more of it, but why do we recognize this? So that we can see that we are in the signs of the, we are living the, in the signs of the times. We're living in the final moments of history. We are seeing the, we have so much different stuff. I wish I had more time, but we could go into it of technology and things that the book of Revelation talked about. And if we as Christians don't stand up and begin to speak out against that stuff and warn our people, they'll easily be led away because the Bible says that even the elect may fall with their faith. And so we, we got to stand up. So John 3, 19 through 21, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they, that they have been done in God. So you can see here that when you love dark, excuse me, darkness rather than light, when you love darkness rather than light, you're, you're going to be exposed. Your deeds will be exposed one way or another. I'd rather have my deeds exposed privately with God so that I can walk into the light of God and be healed rather than wait until the final moments where I stand on the judgment seat of Christ and all my deeds are exposed before all mankind and then I'm judged there. That's what he's talking about. We got to give our deeds over to the light. We got to walk in so that we can be clearly seen what has been done in God. So there's always two, there's either a reaction or a response to light. Always. Going back to my first point with this exposing, exposing stuff is there will be a reaction or a response. We are called to respond. As a believer, you're called to respond. The world is reacting. Things are shaking. Things are coming to the surface again. Nonsense, lies, and deception are coming again across the world. And guess what? It's because the light is shining from heaven into this planet and it's, it's causing darkness to manifest because they refuse to come into the light. That's what's happening, guys. But God is actually winning. For far too long, I've seen the meme on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram of the devil wrestling Jesus. That is completely false and not true. The devil is defeated. He's weak. The Bible says if we could actually really see him, we're going to say, wow, that was really the devil? That's what the Bible says. Really? The one who deceived the world? The Bible says that. So we got to start marching with victory. Amen? We need to react to the light. So you'll either love the light, Jesus, and this is, I put, it, I put it in capitals, the real church, because the real church is not bowing down to nonsense, they're not bowing down to this agenda, this anti-Christ agenda, not this agenda of one party or the other, it's called the anti-Christ agenda. I'm not talking about politics, I'm talking about an agenda from the Antichrist that is taking place right now. There is a church, not this one, but there is a church out there who has a form of godliness, but they deny the power. And they're out there right now, and they're loving the darkness rather than the light, but they're looking like light. They're not. The real church of Jesus Christ is rising up right now. Amen. So there's either, the re reaction is the darkness. And this is where we're seeing people reacting with riots and gross sin and lawlessness. They're actually reacting to the darkness. That God is, the Bible says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It doesn't say he'll pour out his spirit upon just the saved. So his light is being poured out upon this world. And they're, they're beginning to, to manifest. 
So what is that, how does that help us? What do we need to do personally? First, we need to deal with ourselves privately between God and let him, let him give him the deeds privately so that he can heal us. And then we can start beginning to march forward as a, as a group. But it starts with you personally. It doesn't do us any good for, for one person like me to be one light. But if it's as many lights that are lit up, marching through the land, allowing God's light to flow in and through us, we're going to see change in Bethlehem and then Pennsylvania and so on and so forth. So another thing that the scripture says, this is Ephesians 5 verse 8. I had to look it up because I didn't put it on there. But it says that we are commanded to expose darkness. This is why me as a preacher, before I get into the scripture, I'm held to a higher standard of, of being a watchman for you. I'm not the pastor of this church, but I am an evangelist called to, the, called to the fivefold ministry of Jesus Christ. So when I have an opportunity, if I do not warn you guys about what is coming, about what is happening, God will not hold that against you. He will hold that against me. And it's my job to expose darkness to the best of my abilities that God has shown me to help you. That is what we're commanded to do. So please don't get mad at me. It's the word. It's, it's me. I love you. I'm telling you because I love you, not to beat you up. I know some people are giving me the scowl, but look, I love you guys. I'm telling you because I love you, not because I'm a hothead evangelist. Most of the time, I'm quiet. If you know me, I'm normally pretty quiet, right? Anybody, any witnesses in the house say, Nick's pretty quiet, yeah? So this is a fire shut up in my bones, man. So verse 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are of light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. The fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So we got to wake up, guys. We got to wake up to the truth that God is actually moving and God is actually doing something. And, and yes, there's darkness and yes, there's things taking place. But as we stand up as leaders of our household, first off and foremost, and we be, begin to expose the darkness at that level. And then, and then as God increases, increases your influence, you can expose at that level. And then God will raise other people up. But if we're all alert, we're all awake, we all can see what's happening, we will be in this together. We will truly be the unified church of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says is why he raised up the fivefold ministry, not just to do the work of ministry, but also for the unity of the uh, unity of the believers with Jesus Christ. This is why it's not just about Pentecostals waking up. It's about the Baptists waking up. It's about the Catholics waking up. It's about the Lutherans waking up. It's about the Methodists waking up. It's about the church of Jesus Christ waking up. Come on. It's not just about this church. It's about every church standing up. And it just starts with one. If you'll stand up, then they'll stand up. If you know you're together, you're going to all stand up together, man. It's like the natural camaraderie of, of, like, you know, I'll just use brotherhood in a sense. Like, you know, I played football before, and if one guy stood up against, started fighting with somebody on the other team, here comes five other guys to start fighting the other guy on the other team. It's natural. One stands up, we'll all stand up. Amen. And that's why I'm not here to be like, oh, it's Pentecostal, you know, we're the only one. No, we all need to stand up. Those are my brothers and sisters in Christ, too, if they believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. So number three, moving on to number three. It enhances our vision. It enhances our vision.
How many need more vision in your life? Amen. I know I do. We all do. We need vision to explode on the inside of us so that we know where we're going. And so the light of God will enhance your vision. Proverbs 4, verse 18 says this, but the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word literally will be a light to your path so you have clarity, purpose, and direction. You won't step on the, the spiritual Legos and the toys on, that are in the way. You'll be able to see them when you're in his word, when you're in his presence, when you're reading, you know what he's saying. This is why, you know... <laughs> I'll be careful how I word it because we're on Facebook and YouTube. But what really ticked me off about this whole year and a half uh, stuff that's happening with, uh, with the Delta Airlines and the Southwest Airlines and the Allegiant Airlines, you know, if you catch my drift, it's a joke. Nonsense lies. What's really bugged me about it is Revelation chapter 13 says that there would be a time when a mark would be taken where you couldn't even spy or sell without a, without a mark on your forehead or your wrist. Now, as the church of Jesus Christ, we should know this. But we have people, and it made me mad because what it is, is it's, it's not about what they're doing. I understand this thing is real. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying any of that. But what it's doing, it's conditioning the world for the mark of the beast. When you got a thermometer pointed at your forehead or your wrist, that ticks me off. Not because of what the thermometer does, but because of the conditioning that is conditioning the world to do. Now we got places that you can't even enter in without a freaking thing, piece of paper that says you're jabbed. It's not about the jab. It's not, you do whatever you feel with your conviction. It's about the conditioning of the mark of the beast that ticks me off. Because that's what's coming. If people don't wake up, if the church doesn't wake up and say, this isn't about a virus, this is about the Lord Jesus Christ's return, we're going to miss it. We're going to have Christians standing in line to take that, beat, that mark if they don't wake up. And that's why I'm shaking this place today saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. Jesus is coming back. Your vision is, you're in darkness if you don't see that. It's in the Bible, guys. Never before in time have we seen something like this where the whole entire world is, it could go this direction. These are the final moments of the final days. That Jesus talked about. And I'm believing that a boldness is hitting his church right now. That boldness and strength is coming into you to stand up to this nonsense, to the anti-Christ agenda. Hear me right. Hear me correct. It's an anti-Christ agenda. Has nothing to do with Washington. Has nothing to do with the United Nations. Has everything to do with the anti-Christ agenda. And I want to make sure you go to heaven. And your blood will not be on my hands if you deny this and, and say that it's nonsense. It's in the word and it's true and it's happening. So I believe we're in a place right now with the church of Jesus Christ where the prayer that Paul prayed, that the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. I believe that the church is waking up, that we are seeing the greatest amount of people waking up, not a political awakening, but a spiritual awakening to Jesus Christ coming back very soon. That's the message, Jesus Christ coming back very soon. I remember praying this prayer specifically for a family member of mine. I would pray this prayer and I would say, God, open their eyes and their understanding to the last days that we are in the last days and we're in the last moments and that Jesus is coming back. I prayed that for over a year. And then, I, I, then finally I got a message through Facebook. And she begins to message me and she says, uh, 
I've been running across these TikTok videos and they are scaring me half to death. Even God will use even the technology TikTok. Let's, let's throw out our religious nonsense. So she's scrolling through it like normal, and all of a sudden, these TikToks on Jesus Christ coming back keep popping up. The mark of the beast. I'm talking about what's happening with all this stuff in, in the world. It's coming up before. And she's like, I didn't grow up in church. This particular family member is married to somebody who's my family. So she, they didn't grow up in the church. So she didn't know what it meant, but she knew I'm, I'm in ministry, so she reached out to me. And I remember looking at my wife saying, this is exactly what we've been praying for. That their eyes would be enlightened to the last days. The, 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 guys, are you getting this? And she's not the only one. There's other people who are coming into this knowledge. Sadly, there's more Christians who do know it who are falling away, but the unbelievers are getting a hold of it. Those who've never been in church are like, something's off. I can go find somebody right now. I've met them on the streets. I'm not talking by my own opinion. I've met people on the streets who are like, man, I know something's not right in the world. I can just feel it in my, I can, they didn't say spirit, but they just like, I feel it, man. They got to get bad vibes with what's going on in the world. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's called Jesus is coming back, but he sent me here to tell you that you don't have to, you don't have to miss it. And so the world is waking up to this, guys. I'm here to wake the church up this morning. I'm here to wake the church up this morning. Come on. I feel like people are waking up at a spiritual slumber this morning. And I love you. I really do. So on top of this, deception, nonsense, lies. And I'll just say this. It's time to stand up for the stripes of Jesus Christ. It's time to believe in healing. Jesus Christ was whipped for our healing. It's time to believe it. Because that's a brutal beating for what? That's all I'm going to say. It's time to believe it. Persecution is rising. This is a byproduct of when God is moving upon the planet and things are happening. Because this is the reality. I'll say it here. And I'm going to close soon. But I'll say this here. That if we're waiting for Fox News and CNN and MSNBC to go and post the greatest revival that's moving and we're wondering where is it on the news, you're, you're smoking bad crack. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, guys. Therefore, the Antichrist agenda. I'm not talking about some political opinion of fake news. I'm talking about the Antichrist agenda. It's time for our spiritual eyes to be open and walk in the Spirit and recognize that that's nothing but filth and lies coming through them. And we need to recognize that there is places that are being totally shaken by the power of God. Nations are literally shaking under the power of God. I met somebody who literally in one day shook a nation because they had 50 stadiums packed with believers and the places people were getting saved by the thousands. One nation. I can give you the website if you don't believe me. They shook an entire nation in one day. Things are happening, but they didn't put that on the news. Shut it off. It's fake news. This is my news. This is tell me what's going to happen. This is tell me what is happening. It is telling you, it will tell you what's happening. So it's time to our vision to be enhanced to see what God is really doing. So we are the answer, guys. The church is the answer. We are the light of the world. Jesus was the light, and then he gave light unto men. You are now the light of the world. We are to shine bright. We are to take stands when it's not, when it's like, if you're, you know, I'll just say this, like, if you're feeling the pressure from the world to go in a certain direction, but your conviction is wrong, go find a new job. Stand for godliness. 
If you stand for godliness, God will promote you. If you bow, you're just going down with them. Stand for godliness. Follow your convictions of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm not telling you what to do. Follow the Holy Ghost. But if you feel pressure to do something a certain way and you say, I don't believe in that, I don't want to affect my body that way, then you tell them, you either, you either listen to my rights as an American or I'll go find another job. Period. God will stand up for you. What did he do for Stephen when Stephen was being martyred? Stephen didn't say, you know, brother, I didn't say that. They're trying to tell him he was lying. He didn't say, you know, you know guys, don't, please, don't. I didn't say that. No, he stood up and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then what happened? Jesus Christ stood up in heaven and, and he saw the first martyr be martyred. And he said, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So I'm not saying that persecution is not going to happen, but when are we going to take a stand? It's time, guys. This is the time. I'm not going to go through another wave of nonsense and lies and deception and not take a stand. If they got, I said it the first service, I'll say it again. If they got to drag me out and arrest me like they arrested Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, so be it. So be it. I hope that 10,000 pastors stand up and say no to this next nonsense. Enough is enough. And I'm not just spouting out the mouth. This is backed up by statistics and real thinking. We need to begin to think again for ourselves. Quit listening to the nonsense of telling you how to think. It's garbage, man. We need to, this will tell you how to think. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on. We are the answer. This is what Jesus said. Matthew 5, 14, verse through 16. He says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It's time to burn our baskets. It's time to burn the basket and let the light shine. Because this is the reality. You are not alone. The devil will try to make you, and feel, make you feel like you're in a place where you are alone. That you're the only one standing up at your workplace. But he's, he's lying. You have a group of people... Right here, and I know thousands of other people, I'm not exaggerating, I know thousands of people who are standing up saying the same thing. And the worst thing for the devil is him to realize, he knows this, that if we would actually stand up as the church of Jesus Christ, we, he doesn't actually have 50% of the other people. Those people are actually looking for the truth seekers to stand up, and then they're going to transfer over to the kingdom of light. Because we're going to see the greatest move that God has ever done on this planet before Jesus returns. He knows it's coming, and that fear you feel is not your fear, it's his fear knowing what's coming. Because he feels the light. He's getting ejected out, not us, not the light. He's getting ejected out. Putting an eviction notice on the devil. So verse 16, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to leave you with this last thought and then we're going to pray. Knowing that Jesus is coming soon and that we are going to heaven should provoke us to live for eternity. As the reality is this, guys. A hundred years from now, probably everybody in this room is going to pass on to eternity. And what is God going to say about this generation right now? Is he going to say that they cowered back, and they hid and under the basket, or did they took a stand for the righteousness of, of, for his son? 
and said, we're going to live for eternity no matter what happens. I'm giving you a warning, guys. I know we live in America. I know we live in a place of freedom. But the reality is, is our freedoms are basically almost gone. And the day will come, and I hope it doesn't come soon, but the day will come where there'll be a martyr in America. I know, that doesn't, I know that's hard to grab and wrap your head around it, but they hate Jesus. And if you stand up for him, you know, I had this harsh reality, and I said it when I preached in the night America, but I had this harsh reality that when I saw uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown get arrested, I, my heart was exposed. And I found out that I really... May, may have said it, but did I really count the cost and was I ready to be arrested at that moment? Probably not. I had to be honest with myself. I had to dig deep and say, would I really go? Because it's one thing to be in this crowd and shout, yeah, he did it. But it's another thing when they're taking you. And so I had to do a deep exposure on my heart. I had to let the light shine on my heart. And then I was handed over an opportunity to go straight into New York City in January. And my flesh said no. This was before Trump was out of office, political chaos. We literally saw protests right in front of us. Still in the height of the nonsense. And here we are, challenged. Because I was looked in the face and said, you know, you could be arrested on this trip. And I said, I know. I did heart surgery back then. I let him take that out, that fear. I'm ready. And I went to New York. I went to Baltimore. I went to Chicago. I'm not talking about me and my own strength. I went because I love Jesus more than anything else. I went because I'm in love with Jesus. It's all about your relationship with him. Without his light shining in my life, I never would have went. But because of his light showing me that there's something greater, showing me that he's actually moving, showing me that he's actually winning, I said yes. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, first and foremost, I want you to be real with yourself and ask yourself, if tonight was your last night on earth and you never woke up the next day and you died, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And there's only two places you're going to go. I wish it was more, but this is the truth, guys. The world will tell you there's many ways to God, but there's only one way, and it's the door, and his name is Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you and for you today that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven and that the light of God would come on the inside of you and eject that darkness, and then maybe, quite possibly, you'll be able to see what I was talking about. Don't leave this place without knowing for sure that you are on your way to heaven. That's my number one priority. Because if Jesus tarries 50 years, but you die in the next 10 days, your day that Jesus came was, was in 10 days, not 50 years. Forget about the day he comes back. Your day could be required before that. So with no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, and that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up and say, pray for me, preacher. I'm not ready to meet Jesus, but I want to meet him today. I want to be ready. Lift your hands high if there is any. I've not seen any hands. With every head bowed and every eye closed, still no one looking around. If you are honest with yourself, just like I was honest with you and said, you know what? There's areas in my life that you just you shed light on, and things are exposed. 
but you want to give them over to Jesus. Maybe it's timidity. Maybe it's cowardice. Maybe it's you don't have the boldness. I want to pray for boldness. If that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. I see that hand. Hands are already going up. Hands are going up everywhere. God can give you boldness. You know, the Bible says that they got together after they were threatened and beaten. And they prayed for one thing, and that was boldness to preach the gospel, boldness to walk in his power. And you can have that same thing today. If that's you, one more time, no one's looking around. Lift your hand high and say, preacher, I need boldness. Amen. I see those hands. Well, right where you are, everybody, I want you to stand up right where you are. And I'm going to pray for boldness for everybody anyways. But I wanted to see who actually was touched and pricked in their heart. So right where you're at, with eyes closed and hands lifted high, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that's gone forth. I thank you, Father, just like I prayed in the beginning, that you would enlighten our eyes of our understanding, Father. I thank you that now that your word has gone even further, continue to open their eyes of their understanding for the days to come starting today, tomorrow, and into the next couple weeks and months. Lord, I pray that nothing will take them unaware. You said in your word that the Holy Spirit would show us things to come. So we thank you, Father, that right now you would show them what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And most importantly, I, I thank you, Father, for boldness right now in Jesus' mighty name. There it is. There's a release right there of the anointing. Boldness to stand up for their beliefs. Boldness to stand up for their faith. Boldness to make the tough decision when the, when the time comes. Boldness right now in Jesus' mighty name. Boldness to speak up for their faith. Because sometimes not only is it just soul winning when we speak up for our faith, but it's standing up for righteousness. It's standing up for the right thing. And I thank you, Father, that right now they're infused with your power to walk in boldness. And if you believe that, shout the loudest amen you possibly can shout right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that's all I have here today. We love you guys. Well, we have service on Wednesday night. Please be here. Be I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.